0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
1: La reina de Inglaterra. El quinto día recita Shakespeare con gracia y soltura. El sexto día ya Piensas en inglés. Y el séptimo día, ¿qué? Descansas. No, no. Al séptimo día ya estás de vuelta en casa con un nivel de inglés mucho mejor. Ven a Town, un lugar en el que seis días equivalen a 500 horas de clase de inglés. Vivirás en un entorno 100% angloparlante en el que tenemos un gran número de actividades para que desarrolles tu inglés, te sueltes y te olvides de la timidez. Vence a la vergüenza en Boughan Town y mejora tu nivel de inglés. Llama ahora al 91 133 cinco entra en grupobaugan.com Las mañanas son más productivas con Richard Vaughan.
0: You're listening to Richard Vaughan live And good morning and welcome to your new edition of Richard Vaughn Live. Welcome to Thursday's edition. Here we are together again for another hour of English. No longer two hours. Occasionally I will do two hours if I have people with me, my victims, but I'm semi-retired now. I'm slowly, let's say, moving out. Moving away from the daily routine of responsibility, hard work, leadership, and things like that. I deserve a rest, don't you think? Yes, Tommy. I mean, you know, I'm, I've been, I've been working since age 14. All right. Send in teaching English. I'm still teaching English, by the way. I'm more indirectly now than directly. Less and less. Every year, I stop less along the way to explain a grammatical point or a phonetic point when I'm talking about Shakespeare or talking about history or talking about my grandfather or talking about whatever or myself. However, on television, no. I'm still on TV and by still on television. And by the way, this evening... At 6:30 I will be in rent, in la Fundación Cuatro, Paseo de la Habana. Um, Paseo de la Habana 74. 6:30. At 18:30. And I will talk for an hour and a half about the right way to approach learning English. How to learn English. How to, where to prioritize People don't prioritize correctly in learning English. And this evening I'll talk about it. If you're interested in attending, it's probably too late to attend in person. Uh, the um, capacity of the auditorium in the Fundación 24, Paseo de la Habana 74, the capacity is 120. However, you can attend online as well. But you have to register. In both cases, you have to register. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. Asistencia libre y gratuita. You don't have to be a special person. You don't have to join a club. You don't have to pay any money. It's completely free. Probably there's not enough space now. I don't know. But you need to go into the website. Entra en Google y luego la página web de Fundación Renta. 4 4 con número eh? no letra renta 4 and you'll see at the top of the web- website ciclo el ciclo invierte en in ti o sea invertir en ti mismo y ahí estoy let me see if I'm still there let me see if I'm still there uh, let, let me put it let's see fundación renta 4 yeah here we are Ciclo, inv- ciclo invierte en in ti And there I am. It's a nice photograph. I remember that photograph. In the background you can see an electric guitar hanging on the wall of my office. And the electric guitar has a Brit is is a British flag. Now I'm not British, I'm American. I have nothing against the British flag, my God. (laughs) I admire the the British. But I received that as a gift from uh, from the the la revista. Uh, what's it called? What's the name of that that famous saberi? Seri saber uh, saberi. I can't remember revista saber saber vivir, That's it. There we go. Because for a period of time <clears throat> we collaborated with saber vivir with certain things. And they gave me, and I did a a spot, a television spot, un spot televisivo, uh, with a guitar <laughs> or photograph. No, it was a photographic session. And I played the guitar. I played the electric guitar. And I played it very seriously when I was a teenager. And so they gave me that electric guitar with the... And I said, but I'm American. said, well, it's too late to change the guitar now. <laughs> Which is okay, it didn't matter. And in the photograph... En Fundación Renta Cuatro, su página web, uh, Ciclo Invierte en Ti, and there you have the photograph. Masterclass en inglés con Richard Vaughan. Richard Vaughan, presidente de Vaughan Systems, nos explicará qué priorizar al aprender inglés, tanto para nosotros mismos como para nuestros hijos. A punto de presencial, a punto de verlo online, etcétera. So, you can decide. But I think probably after today's Thursday. But today is Thursday, the ninth of March, twenty twenty-three. Oh, <laughs> sometimes Nacho, the sound technician, if I'm if I can't give a class, I mean he will put one from the past, and uh, people say, oh. Richard Vaughn is giving a talk today. I'll go see it. And it, it turns out it was seven months before. All right. Today, as I'm speaking to you, is March 9th. Okay, see. Isn't that Martha, no? Yes, Thursday, March 9th, uh, 2023, not 2024, 2022, 2023, 2023. And so this evening, I'll talk about it not a bad picture. You know, people say I am photogenic, but I don't agree because I don't think, I think one out of every 100 photos of myself I personally like. said, so, ah, oh, I like this photo. But it's strange. Other people say, no, that's not your best photo. So, what you say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's the expression in English. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Now, And that expression, sobre gustos, no hay nada escrito. (laughs) right, more or less. Uh, But the expression, beauty is in the eye of... To behold is an old word. Behold, mirad, contemplad. (laughs) Yes, behold. And so um, a beholder is a person who... Un espectador, observador. We don't use it very often. La belleza está en los ojos del que la mira. All right, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Now, my son, Jack, many years ago, he had a sweatshirt, and on the front, it said, "Beauty isn't is in the eye of the beer holder." Instead of beholder, is beer holder. El que tiene la cerveza. La en los ojos del que la All right. Beauty is in the eye of the beer holder. I mean, this expression is so common in English that they make silly uh, alternative versions of it. Beauty lies in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And um, beauty is in the eyes. You can hear it in plural as well. But the most common is beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And so, you know, it's strange. I, there, I have my, my the particular photographs I like of myself very often are not the favorites of other people. And there have been photos. Oh, I hate these photographs. And they say, no, you look really good there. I said, no, no, no. But I insist on photographs that I like. I said, if I don't like the photograph, I prefer that you not use it. Yes, and so uh i I usually have the last word on what which photographs to use, although there are quite a few out there that I don't like the photograph on Bagon Radio, I don't like it, but i've been I'm too lazy to insist that it be changed, so I'm bastante bago <laughs> I'm too lazy to to insist so so, if you're interested in you. I, I doubt maybe maybe there's still room in the auditorium Paseo de la Habana 74 Fundación 24 but I'm not sure if there's still room I don't know but online you can watch it it should be interesting it's not really a master class in the classical in the traditional sense of my master classes in which I talk about everything this I'm going to talk more because it's it's un ciclo, el ciclo uh, within la fundación Rente Cuatro. It's there. So they have a, this is an ongoing thing that is offered. And so I, uh, I prefer to offer something more specific and not simply a crazy general, um, Master class where I talk about everything under the sun All right, but So I hope to see you this evening online Or in person All right Master class All right, so What shall we talk about today? Hey Richard, let's talk about language Language Okay well, What do you want to know about language? I want to know, I want to learn English <laughs> Okay, that requires a lot of work You know, to master anything, to master anything, you have to practice it many, many times. To master, you have to say things a thousand times. Everybody in Spain says, good morning, how are you? Or hello, how are you? Why? Because they've said it a thousand times. So they have no trouble. They don't need to translate mentally to say, how are you? Como usted, how are you? They don't need to translate mentally. It comes out spontaneously because they've said it so many times. Well, I'm sorry, but you have to say other structures a thousand times if you want these structures to be uh, to be used spontaneously and correctly. And correctly. So, uh, what's the most important elements? Uh, I'm, I'm talking about that this evening. No quiero robar leña lo que voy a decir esta noche. Esta tarde noche. I don't want to to give you too much of a an uh you know of a head start on what I'm going to talk about this evening. But there's it's it's not as difficult as you think, technically. People spend too much time looking at English grammar. Now grammar is absolutely essential. I mean it's indispensable, yes. But not the way you approach it. You're not approaching it right. You're too much, you're too obsessed with trying to understand the grammar theory. But no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk about it. I'll talk about how I learned Spanish. (laughs) But of course, learning Spanish was fun. But I learned Spanish, really, by the time I was 18, I could get by. I could get by. I remember uh, I I got a very clear uh proof that I could get by. Strangely, you know after 6 years attending Spanish class and there were 35 kids in the class. You see, for 6 years, but it was 6 years, eh? and so it sticks. Cuaja un poco como cuaja la nieve. Cuaja un poco de español en el coco. And so I was in Russia, in the Soviet Union, in, uh, in December 1971. I went on a, an excursion, well a trip, a school trip with the Southern Methodist University in Dallas. Uh, the professor of, well the head professor of Russian teaching Russian at that university uh, organized a trip to the Soviet Union during the winter (laughs) the last uh, I think from the 27th of or the 26th of December to the 14th of January so three weeks three weeks and he was He wasn't Russian. He was Lithuanian. But a very, very, very very nice man. A wonderful man. And uh, I was not taking Russian classes, nor was I interested in learning Russian, really. I, I wasn't. But I thought it was cool. Hey, look, they're offering a trip to the Soviet Union for three weeks. And besides, I'll get three credit hours which means taking that it was a it was an academic trip uh, an educational trip a learning trip and in exchange if you successfully uh finished the trip you had to write an essay escribir un trabajo about your experience and then if the essay was accepted you got 3 credits all right 3 credits that's one percent, or less. That's two percent, to tell you the truth. Two percent of my total credit load to graduate from the university, and so I told my parents it was not. I remember, nine hundred dollars was the total cost. Nine hundred dollars, which today is dirt cheap, but at that time that was money. So nine hundred dollars, but they said yes. And so I flew to New York. I stayed one night in New York. And then I joined the group in Kennedy Airport. JFK. The following afternoon, evening. And we flew to London. And I knew three, two or three of the students who were also in the course. One of them was a good friend of mine. Well, good friend. One of them was a, a fellow fraternity brother of mine. Good guy, Hank. <laughs> and, uh, and I also knew two other girls on the flight, on the, on the trip. We flew to London and spent two nights in London. And it was cold. Eh? It was cold in England. And I remember hearing... I was in a pub with my friends in London. And I remember hearing a song by George Harrison. At that time, the Beatles had just split up. This was in December 1971. The Beatles split up. Separated. They split up. See, The Beatles split up in 1970, one year before. And George Harrison had uh, released several songs in preparation for an album. And the flip side, La Carabella del Disco, they had on in that pub and I liked it very much. And I've never been able to track down that song. I thought, surely I will recognize it if I hear it. And I've tried several times listening to every song and I can't find it. Or my listening memory was is not very good but uh, the uh, but uh, that's there have been two songs in my life in which i have done that that song by george harrison and another song called la breakdown la breakdown which is strange la breakdown and take me in L.A. Breakdown and Take Me In. Alright. This song, I, when I was maybe 17, I heard on the radio once or twice or three times. And I liked it. I really, really liked it. And then it, it didn't reach Number one, it reached maybe number 25 on the charts. And then I didn't hear it again. I didn't remember the name of the song. I just knew it was L.A., break down and take me in. I'm so lonesome I could cry, L.A. and um, But because we didn't have the Internet for so many until the 1990s, I was unable to try to track it down. To track it down is Seguir la pista hasta dar con él. Oh, ella, la canción. To track it down. And so I gave up. But, about eight or ten years ago, I found it, finally. And, uh, I would, and I still like it. I really like that song. L.A. break, L.A. L-A, L.A break down. You put breakdown, and you write Larry, Larry, W.R. Marks. Larry Marks. Larry Marks, it's a very simple song, it's a good song, but nobody remembers it. L.A. Breakdown and Take Me In. And, uh, you can find it on YouTube, but you have to write Larry Marks. L.A. L.A. Como L. A. Los Angeles. L.A. Breakdown. Breakdown junto or breakdown separado? Breakdown. And, uh, I fell in love with that song when I was 17 and then never heard it again, didn't remember it, didn't re- remember the name, but I finally found it. But the other one that I heard during those two days in London on the trip to Russia, I, uh, I've i never been able to find it. But I haven't spent the same amount of time, Poder, where there's a will, there's a way, and I'll find it and recognize it with George Harrison. When he he was solo after the breakup, or the split-up. See, so the breakup or split-up after the breakup of the Beatles. But then we continued from London to Moscow. And we spent three weeks. We spent about six days in Moscow, five days in uh, Kiev, or Kiev as they pronounce it now. And uh, five days in Leningrad, which of course today is again called St Petersburg and then 2 days in Helsinki, Finland. And it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. But uh, I remember that um, that professor of uh, Russian, a Lithuanian man, and I remember in Moscow a woman working in the hotel restaurant asked to speak to him to the professor who was the organizing this trip and I remember them see, seeing them at a table in the restaurant talking and she was crying and I asked the professor we and what was the problem He said she's from Lithuania we were speaking Lithuanian, not Russian and she wants she, she's her situation here in Moscow is very precarious And she wanted me to help her go to the United States. That was an interesting trip, those three weeks in Russia. But the reason I brought it up is because one day, one of the days in Moscow, I was walking with my two, these two friends, the three of us together in Moscow. And for some reason we made contact with three young men from Chile, chilenos. And they were in Moscow studying at the University of Moscow through the Chilean government, Salvador Allende. Mandaba gente a a Rusia, a la Unión Soviética. And we started talking. And we were near Gorky Park. And these Chilean boys said, no, there's ice skating. I said, w-, and I said, ice skating. You want to go ice skating? And they said, no sabemos hacerlo. I said, well, I'll teach you. And so the three of us, the three American kids, myself and my two friends, we took these three communist young members of the Chilean communist youth. We took them to Gorky Park. Well, we took them. We all went together to Gorky Park, rented ice skates and, and spent an hour maybe out on the ice it was cold as a witch's tit man and uh it was probably about 5 degrees below zero and uh we were but we became very good friends and they didn't speak English so I had to speak Spanish and be the translator and interpreter with my other two friends and uh I realized that, that I could get by fine with my Spanish. I was able to understand them well enough and I was able to express myself. After six years of Spanish in secondary school and that was a lot of fun. And I realized another thing. These three young Chilean boys maybe 20 years old uh they were communist members of the Youth Communist Party In uh, Chile But their affinity with Us, the American boys Was greater Than their affinity with the Communist youth in Russia Sehlen Occidentalis And the Russians are not And so they 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 Had the time of their life They had a wonderful time with us We had a really good time, the six of us Together for about two hours in all and i realized that eh, maybe they're members of the communist party in chile but they are western people they're members of western civilization and culture and there's much more affinity so it was a learning experience for me and i was only 20 years old i'll be back
1: ¿Qué es eso? Una amapola ¿Y eso? Otra amapola Este verano, apúntalos a un campamento en el que se divierten de verdad. Apúntalos a un campamento de inglés Bauban. Tenemos un montón de opciones. Campamentos en plena naturaleza, campamentos de artes escénicas, campamentos multiaventura y mucho más. Y todo en inglés. Y para todas las edades. Llámanos al 91 133 5832 y te informaremos sin ningún compromiso. 91 133 5832
0: Who are you? I'm Richard Vaughan. What do you do? I teach. What do you teach? I teach English. Who do you teach? I teach Spanish people, usually, sometimes other nationalities. Why do you teach? Uh, Because it's fun. Only because it's fun? Yes, because it's fun. You sound selfish. And your students? Well, if it's fun for me, it's fun for them. It becomes uh, contagious. The English language becomes contagious. The students become addicted and finally they master the language. It's a logical process. Don't you agree?
1: Bowgun Town empieza el domingo por la mañana y termina el viernes siguiente por la tarde. Son ochenta horas. 80 horas de inglés real con gente real, no profesores los profesores te cuidan en clase te enseñan, te explican te ayudan, esto no pasa en la vida real la clase, el aula, es la parte de la piscina que no cubre, no tragas agua, tu instructor te orienta y te arropa, jamás pierdes el miedo al agua, en Town no hay fondo, no tocas el suelo, tragas agua sientes momentos de pánico pero por fin consigues perderle el miedo al agua, perderle El miedo al inglés. Puedes recibir clases de inglés durante años sin romper la definitiva barrera de la confianza. Vaughan Town te la da en seis días. Porque aprenden disfrutan, conviven, juegan, experimentan, hacen amigos y lo más importante, asimilan el idioma de forma natural y pierden el miedo a hablar, abriéndose paso en este complicado mundo de la comunicación en inglés. Así son los campamentos de verano Baugan. Cada año más de 3.000 familias confían en nosotros para el aprendizaje del inglés de sus hijos en los distintos tipos de campamentos que ofrecemos. Por ejemplo, programa completo de inmersión en inglés con alojamiento incluido. Tus hijos hablarán inglés durante todo el día mientras participan en talleres, juegos y actividades deportivas y multiaventura. Y todo eso sin clases. Todas las modalidades de campamentos Baugan están diseñados para niños y niñas entre 6 y 15 años, independientemente de la programación o la instalación. En nuestros campamentos de inglés se acostumbran a utilizar el inglés sin miedo y con total confianza, en un entorno rural, acogedor y seguro. La coordinación pedagógica de Baugan asegura un ambiente de inversión, cuidado y de calidad. Tráelos a nuestros Campamentos de verano en inglés 911335832. 911335832. Ahora con nuevas facilidades de pago, agua a plazos sin intereses. Llámanos al 911335832. Campamentos de verano Baugan, el líder del sector. 911335832. No lo dejes para el último momento aprenderán inglés mientras viven mil aventuras. No olvides preguntar por el resto de campamentos e inmersiones de la línea Junior de Vaughan.
0: You're, You're listening to lo que oyes, Radio. You're listening to Richard Vaughan live. Welcome back. All right. We're back together for our last half hour. Of today's Thursday edition of Richard Vaughn Live. As I was saying before in my last half hour, uh this evening I will be in La Fundación Rente cuatro Auditorium. And I'll be there. It's Paseo de La Habana 74. Uh, if you're interested, well, you have to sign up. <laughs> in this case, you need to sign up. And to sign up, yeah, you need to go into... Uh, La Fundación Rente4 Rente4 con número Cuatro, rente Cuatro con numero 4 numero 4 And um, To the website Su web, página web And there Arriba A la derecha Ves Ciclo Invierte en ti Invertir en in ti And there you can sign up You pinch ahí and boom And there's a picture of me And and you can sign up. Uh, it may be impossible now to, to be, the, to go in person because the capacity, el aforo, the capacity is only for 120 people. Uh, but you can watch it online. Let's see, Fundación Renta Cuatro. All right, there it is. Okay. And so you can, uh, join me if you want. I'm going to talk about how to learn English, <laughs> not how to teach English. Teaching English is part of the learning process. English teachers, it's part of the learning process. Do I recommend that you take English classes? Not necessarily. Well, how can I learn English if I don't take English classes? No, I recommend taking English classes, but on one condition. Oh, well, what condition is that? You'll have to watch this evening. I've spoken about this a thousand times. So this evening I will... Bring everything together and speak for an hour and a half only on that subject, most likely. I may go off on some silly tangents, but you never know. But I'll talk about that, yes. Taking his classes, yes, I recommend it. But only on on one condition. Yeah. And going abroad, you recommend it? Yes, but... (laughs) Again... On one condition, or maybe two conditions. Yeah. Well, watching movies, do you recommend? No. Well, but I like to watch. I, watching TV series, do you recommend it? No. Why not? I'll tell you why this evening. Well, what do you recommend? I'll tell you this evening. I've been watching people learn English, or try to learn English, for forty. Nine years. And I myself have watched myself learn Spanish and learn French. And, and so I know I'm familiar with the language learning process from my own experience in my own person and observing the struggles of Thousands of people, and what works and what doesn't work, what is a waste of time, or what is you more or less a waste of time, and what is counterproductive. Be careful! There are cosas. There are many, many things that are one hundred percent counterproductive. Si quieres correr hacia adelante, pues no no te muevas hacia atrás. <laughs> you know. If you need to go to point B from point A, don't start moving back towards, you know, point A minus. All right? And there are things, there are quite a few things that are totally counterproductive. And people spend a lot of time. This is interesting. I would say here in Spain that half of the things, at least half of the things that Spanish people do on their own initiative to try to improve their English is 100% counterproductive. And they don't know this. They think it's productive. It's not. It's counterproductive. So this evening, if you have time, join me. It should be fun. It should be fun. All right. So we have we have about 20 minutes left we can talk about language we can talk about irregular verbs no irregular verbs no which are more important irregular verbs or regular verbs well both <laughs> uh, i would say irregular verbs are more important and why is that because the i would say the most most important most critical verbs for everyday communication verbs that you use 50 times a day, most of them are irregular verbs I mean the verb that we use the most of course is the verb to be in Spanish it's said y estar son dos verbos en español los que se compenden en uno solo en inglés to be, I am a man and I am here soy hombre estoy aquí alright so I'm a man and I'm here the verb to be is an, an irregular verb and, and uh, 25 or 30, probably 30% of everything we say, every sentence we say, 30% of all the sentences we say or hear contains the verb to be in some way, in some conjugation, some derivative of the verb to be. All right. And it's irregular. The second most important verb in the English language is the verb to go. We use it all the time. Especially for the immediate for the future. What are you gonna do? Gonna gonna gonna. What are you going to do? I'm gonna you know, the going to future we use it all the time. I mean we probably say gonna going to. We say gonna maybe twice every minute, two times per minute. When we're speaking or listening, we hear it or or say it two times per minute or more. When, when, continuous speech, I would say maybe four times a minute. We use the verb go in some way. Went, I've gone, gone with the wind. Go there, do it, go for it. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to. And things like that, we use it all the time. And that's an irregular verb. The third most important verb in the English language is the verb to have, to have, to possess, to have. We have, well, have basically three uh, meanings. Meaning number one is to have, Tened yo tengo una casa, I have a house, tengo dos hijos, I have two children. I have this, I have that, whatever, Have. okay. And have also, of course, means consumir, consumiciones, tomar. Y como comer o beber. Tomemos unas cañas. Let's have a beer. Let's, let's have a beer. ¿Qué vas a tomar? What are you going to have? I'll have, when you go to a restaurant and you order, 100% of the time people say, I'll have. I'll have number three. With French fries and not Baked potato, I'll, I'll have. Yeah. What are you having? Give us a tomar. So you say, what are you having? So we use have in the sense, that sense as well. Then And of course, we use have as an auxiliary verb. He comido, I have eaten. He tomado, I have taken. He mirado, I have looked. Looked at, etc. And so have is the third most important verb in the English language, and it is irregular. Now, in my opinion, the fourth most important verb is the verb to want. And that is regular. So of the four, 25% are regular and 75% irregular. And if we go to the top 20 verbs in the English language, I would say maybe probably 80% of them are irregular verbs. But that doesn't mean that the regular verbs aren't important dura la clase? How long does the class last? That's regular. Insist is regular verb. Want, wait, park. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, there are many, many more. <laughs> but nevertheless, you can get by with 20 verbs if you know them well. If you know them well, if you know them well, all right. But I don't want to talk about irregular. Yeah, but what's more, aren't prepositions are really important, right? No. Whoa, whoa! How can you say that? Well, prepositions are. If you make a mistake with a preposition, no pasa nada. There's no no problem. Occasionally, you can put your foot in your mouth. You can what? You can put your foot in your mouth. Poner mi pie en mi boca. You can put your foot in your mouth. Yeah, con el adjetivo posesivo en ambos casos. What does that mean? It means meter la pata y hacer el ridículo. To put your foot in your mouth means hacer algo embarazoso. Diciéndolo. Yeah, usually when you speak, I put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> Yes, in in Spanish, meter la pata means to make a mistake. Meter la pata, yeah, it means to make a mistake. Now, to put your foot in your mouth means meter la pata, pero super a fondo. And it's not a big mistake; it's an embarrassing mistake. Yeah, you when you're speaking, when you're speaking. All right, so you know that, for example let's say you are invited to to the company party and you know the chairman of the company is there and it turns out that the chairman's wife died in an accident four months ago and so he's now a widower his wife's name is his wife's name was uh Jennifer and so At the cocktail party, you, you have an opportunity to speak to the chairman, and you, and, and you, and you don't remember, and you ask, well, how's your wife Jennifer? Well, you just put your foot in your mouth. Super, you know. (laughs) You put your foot in your mouth. And so, using prepositions, a preposition, a mistake with a preposition may be once, one mistake every 100 could be a funny mistake in which you put your foot in your mouth. But the rest, no. If you say, uh, I'm on the airport now, instead of at the airport or in the airport, well, okay, fine, it's a mistake, but people understand you. Yeah, yeah. sobre If I say that... People will say where, but at least they understand. You know that's the important thing. Don't worry about making mistakes. In the classroom, I will correct your mistake every time, and I'll get angry with you if you keep making the same mistake. And with me, you have to speak correctly, and I will con- be. I'll be after you. Minuto tras minuto, minute minute, by minute, I'll be after you to say things right. But once we leave the classroom, I want you not to be afraid to make, to speak and make mistakes. I still make mistakes when I speak Spanish. In fact, more now than before. Because as I get older, I start to lose motor skills. And it's also true that as you get older, you don't bother to be as alert as before when speaking to be alert alerta. Uh, you have to be alert when you are pro- reproducing a second language you just let your guard down ya la you know and so you don't you, you don't dot the I's and cross the T's with the same zeal <laughs> with the same what? no pones los puntos sobre las I's con el mismo celo El Ya vale. People understand me. And pronunciation. To pronounce a second language that you started learning after puberty is very difficult. It's very difficult to, in fact, for, in my opinion, it's impossible to, uh, acquire the, the correct or the native pronunciation of a language uh, if you start learning it after you have passed through puberty so um, you can learn to speak it with a very slight accent but uh, people recognize it but it's, but it's not important in fact speaking with an accent is advantageous people pay more attention to me when I give talks in Spanish In public speaking in Spanish Than if I were speaking with perfect Castilian accent uh, Because The accent is different me diferencia Because I use Spanish With a lot of rich vocabulary And expressions But with an accent So it sounds different It sounds like something they've never heard before <laughs> And so people pay Probably greater attention. So for me, having an accent in Spanish is an advantage, not a disadvantage. And so you don't need to worry about English. You will always have an accent and you will always make mistakes, usually very small mistakes that don't matter. When you make small mistakes, people don't, don't even realize. Really, they're they're paying attention to your message, not to the messenger. They're paying attention to the transmission, and not to the transmitter. And so you don't, you shouldn't worry. For example, in Spanish, you say "estoy acostumbrado a enseñar inglés por radio." Fine. Now, if I say "estoy acostumbrado de enseñar inglés por radio," radio, it, it's incorrect. Acostumbrado. Ah, no, acostumbrado de. However. It doesn't matter if I make that mistake. Some people won't even realize it. They're 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 thinking about radio or about being accustomed to something. You see, and so respecto a eso con respecto a respecto de eso. You know, both are correct in this case. But uh, there are many cases in which if you make a small mistake, people don't don't really notice it. They don't really notice it, and in English as well. I'm in the airport, I'm at the airport, which is correct. The correct way is at the airport. But if, uh, but if I call you and I say, Marcos, dónde estás? And you say, I'm in the airport. It's not really correct. It's I'm at the airport because people go to the airport for a purpose in the airport. The only time, if you want to say I'm in the airport, correctly and it's correct, there's only one possibility: that suddenly you you are transported. Bilocación, ¿qué hago yo aquí? For example, let's say you go to sleep in your bed, and during the night, when you're sleeping. Your body is transported, tele, teletransportado to an airport, to barajas. And you wake up and you're, you're in your bed, the mattress, el de tu, but, but, el, con el colchon, and you're in, where? And I call you and I say, Marcos, where are you? Yo, yo no sé, estoy in barajas? Estoy aquí? I'm in, in that case, say in. Because you you're not there for a purpose. You simply, by magic, you woke up in the airport. <clears throat> and so, because people go to the airport for a purpose. To catch a flight. Or to pick up somebody. Or to work there. You know, you go there if you're the cleaning, a member of the cleaning personnel, well, you're at the airport you're at work I'm at the office you see for a purpose in is simply the physical um, presence you're in uh, the the example I always use and it's very uh, effective example is the dog in the pharmacy yes a man goes into the pharmacy with a dog all right a German shepherd, for example. And the man goes up to the pharmacist and he said, I would like uh, a package a package of aspidia aspirin, please. All right. And in the meantime, the dog sits down on the floor of the pharmacy next to the wall. All right. Now another person walks in to buy some medicine. And sees the dog. All right. Fine. And then later that second person goes home and says to his wife, for example, says, Darling, I was in I was at the pharmacy and I saw a dog at the pharmacy. If the man says, I saw a dog at the pharmacy, the woman will will laugh. He said, There was a dog at the pharmacy. His wife will laugh. Because the wife will imagine the dog en sus patas traseras y los patas delanteras en el mostrador comprando aspirina. That's what the woman will imagine. You say there was a dog at the pharmacy. You imagine the dog buying a pharmaceutical product from the pharmacist. Now, so you have to say there was a dog in the pharmacy because the dog was not there for a purpose. The dog was simply there because its master was at the pharmacy buying something. And in the meantime, the dog sat down or lay down on the floor of the pharmacy. (laughs) And so it's impossible for a dog to be at the pharmacy or at a pharmacy. A dog can be in the pharmacy. Or if you see, if you see, if you go to the Corte Ingles and you see a dog, I saw a dog in the Corte Ingles. And the other person is, what were you doing at the cortinglés? Ingles? Because you, you go to the Corte Ingles to buy something usually, you no, know, or to, at least to do some shopping. And so, uh, that's a, uh, that's a difference. Now, if you say in, don't worry. I mean, a, a, a purist or an English teacher like me said, well, it's not really correct. It's better to say at, because you're there for a purpose, all right, to do something. You don't simply spend time in the Corte Inglés. All those. When I came to Spain in the 70s, many people, especially on Saturday and Sunday afternoons in the summer, went to the Corte Inglés with no intention of buying anything because it was one of the few places in the city that had air conditioning. There were basically two places that had air conditioning in Madrid in the mid-1970s. One was the Corte Inglés and the other was the the movie theaters, the cinemas. So people went to watch movies to, to cool off. Or they went to the Corte Ingles and spent two hours walking around the Corte Ingles, not buying anything, but just to enjoy the, uh, because outside the weather was 37 degrees and in the Corte Ingles it was 22 or 23 degrees. So as to enjoy that. Now too. But now most homes, I don't know how many, what percentage of flats and apartments and houses in Spain have air conditioning. Of course, in the villages, no. However, in the villages in Spain, the walls are very thick. For example, my wife's family has a house in, in the center of Sotillo de Radrada, in the province of Avila Valle del Teatro. And the walls, the outside walls of that house are about maybe 60 or 70 centimeters thick. Más de medio metro de grosor. And so in the you, you go into the house and outside in the summertime, it can be 35 degrees. You walk into the house and it's 23 degrees. It's cool inside. And so yeah, that's, it was a reason they built it that way. But then in the winter, it's always cold. (laughs) The house is like, you have to heat the house. And the moment you turn off the heat, in a question of 10 minutes, it's get, it starts to get cold again because those walls retain the cold all the time, all year round. And the acoustics, I don't know, it's, it's, it's interesting, trying to escape from the heat. And it is true that uh, if we go back 100 years or 150 years or before, the men in the villages Went out to the fields before sunrise, maybe at five o'clock in the morning, and they started working in the fields still in the dark, or just with the the, ear, the the first light of dawn before the sun came up above the horizon, and they started working. And the same in the United States. My grand, my maternal grandfather told me about his family in Louisiana in Natchitoches, Louisiana he said they they st- they got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and at 4.30 or 5 they were out working on the fields and he said at 11 they finished and they came in and had lunch before at 11.30 or 11 o'clock and they didn't go out again until later in the afternoon because it was solar time at that time Which means here in Spain, 5 p.m. is really 3 p.m. And uh, solar time. It's two hours ahead of the sun. But I have to go again. Hey, have a great weekend, and I'll see you. Take care. Estás escuchando Vaughan Radio. Summer camps, Campamentos de Vaughan. Your kids will love them and their English will grow. Our summer camps, Campamentos de Vaughan. Just bring us your children for English.